The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you. Jesus went on with his disciple to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And Jesus sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day rise. He said all this quite openly. And Peter? Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they do in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Why is it when an announcer says, he needs no introduction? The announcer then goes on to read a list of accomplishments and awards and prizes already listed in the program. Speaking of introductions, when I'm with a group of people who don't know each other for a little dinner or some other event, even at church, I immediately go into facilitator mode. I think of a name game, an icebreaker, or a question that everybody needs to answer. And I always get a few groans. But at the end of that silly game, the groaners are glad for the new connections made. So this morning, I'd like to introduce you to Sophia. Sophia is one of the top five characters in the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. Now, the other guys you know, Moses, David, Job, and Yahweh. Well, Yahweh isn't a guy, despite all the male pronouns. I didn't hear about Sophia in Sunday school. I'm not sure I've ever heard a sermon about her either. So we can agree that Sophia does need an introduction. Our English Bible simply capitalize the word wisdom and then use feminine pronouns. Sophia, you see, is the Greek word for wisdom. Her nickname these days among theologians is Lady Wisdom. And in today's reading, Sophia cries out in the street. She is persistent. She invites us to move from simplistic living 
to deeper insight. And in today's psalm, from the wisdom of Solomon, we just sang, she, oh my, she is more beautiful than the sun, and she is but one. She can do all things, and she can order all things well. Let me just say, as a male, in a religion with mostly patriarchal language, Sophia, to me, is this breath of fresh air. Now, granted, she's not a real person. Maybe some people might think she's like a make-believe friend of an eight-year-old, but in the Bible, she is a personification of God. She existed with God from the beginning. And for all the passages about her, she's still mysterious and elusive. But here's what I think. If there were to be a Mount Rushmore with five figures from the Old Testament on it, Sophia deserves to be there with the guys. But how would you picture her? Mist? That's how she's described in one place. Now, the concept of Sophia may have, may have emerged from Egyptian goddesses a long time ago. And Sophia is many things to many people in different times and in different places. To Jews, she is Torah. In some places, she's Holy Spirit. To Christians, she is wisdom incarnate in Christ. To some Russian Orthodox spiritual writers and to Thomas Merton, the most popular writer among spirituality writers of the past century, holy wisdom, Aya Sophia, is Mary, the mother of God. All right, and now for someone who surely needs no introduction, Jesus. In today's gospel, though, Jesus says, who do people say that I am? Well, there are a lot of ways to answer that question. For me, Jesus is the one who reveals the heart of God's love and embrace of all people. Yet, as we know, Jesus is also used as a wedge to divide people. You're all Jesus light. That's what a conservative Christian said at the end of his interview for a praise band position at a nearby Lutheran church. You guys are all Jesus light. And then he prayed that the evil one be cast out of the church. Well, before we get all judgmental in return, the words of James today come back to haunt us a bit. The tongue is fire. How easy is it, it is for me or us to lash out against evangelical Christians or even conservative Lutherans. James, did you have to remind us today that we dare not bless God with our lips and then in another breath curse those made in the image of God? Now, after Jesus, who do you say that I am moment, a little side conversation happens. Think of it off the record, off to the side. And there Peter rebukes Jesus and says, dude, your message is not going to sell. I'm sorry I have to make this announcement today, but following Jesus isn't the way to instant happiness or a struggle-free life. 
or finding ready-made answers for everything, even in religion. This Friday, the church around the world celebrated Holy Cross Day. And the cross continues to confound our certainties. Among other things, taking up the cross is about letting go, about losing ourselves in service to something greater than ourselves. And sometimes it means giving up notions about God or ourselves or life that no longer ring true. With that in mind, let me introduce you to Nicole. I learned about her in a book called Becoming Nicole, The Transformation of an American Family. You see, Nicole was named Wyatt at birth, along with her twin brother, Jonas. But at age four, Wyatt knew that he felt like a girl in a boy's body. In first grade, he would introduce himself by saying, I'm a boy who wants to be a girl. Now Wyatt's father struggled with all of this, but then he noticed how happy his child was when being able to dress and identify as a girl. So the father, with emotion, added, I realized that I had to change who I was. And change the father did. And change Wyatt did as he became she. As Wyatt gradually became Nicole. A remarkable story. We have our own family in this community, the Guilfoyles, who have gone through a similar journey of transformation. They will share their story after worship today in a special forum, and I hope you can stay for that. So what about pronouns? What about pronouns for God? God is beyond gender, but when male pronouns are used exclusively for God, it suggests for some that male equals God. That's the reason that this church, for several decades, has tried to balance pronouns and metaphors for God in sermons and prayers and hymns and liturgy. So let me introduce you to She Who Is. It's the name of a well-known book by Elizabeth Johnson, a feminist grounded in Christian orthodoxy. And at the heart of the book, three long chapters on Sophia from a Trinitarian perspective. Sidebar, no surprise, the author, a Roman Catholic sister, has been hounded over the years by the Vatican for her out-of-the-box thinking. Today, there's much talk about gender fluidity and moving beyond non-binary language. When talking about God, in some cases, and also human beings, it's good news for all of us because each of us is unique and God calls all of us to be our deep and truest self. Now, of course, it would be great to have someone say of us, she needs no introduction. But wouldn't it be awesome to hear these words as well? He's a work in progress. 
change continues to transform her. Wisdom resides in them. I don't know about you, but I look forward to the, to the day that she needs no introduction. Sophia, let the feminine pronouns this day in our liturgy catch you off guard a bit and then revel in the God she who is. And then come to wisdom's feast, eat of her bread and drink of her wine, for she cries out in the street, beckoning us to find in her wisdom, insight, abundant life. Amen.